1: Hello everybody. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and today we're going to talk about a new study. This is an interesting study that uh, I think I think you all will find fascinating. Before we jump into the study, let's welcome my handsome husband and co-host, Dewey Vaughn.
2: Thank you, my love. Hello, To all of you out there in the big cat world, and hello to my beautiful wife, Molly DeVos. And this sounds like a pretty interesting episode. I'm not sure how much I can weigh in on it, but I'm happy to be here and help where I can.
1: You're going to have more weigh in on this than I do because you have children. And (laughs) (laughs) And this is about a study... Uh, done by a company called Compare the Market,
0: uh-huh.
1: and uh, and what they did was they 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 got information from pet owners in Australia, Canada, and the United States. And in America, the highest percentage of people you're going to find this shocking, right? Over fifty five percent of pet owners, of American pet owners, said that they feel like their pet is just as important as their children. Have you ever felt that way? You have children? I do not. Well, I have lots of children. I just haven't given birth to any of them. (laughs) And so I can't really compare my animals to a child since I really don't have any. And I think my relationship with my my inherited children is, is probably different than that of a person who has birthed children. But you have children and you've had pets over the years. Would, would you be one of those 55% of people that would say that PICO is just as, and, and I promise I won't let your kids listen to this, but <laughs> <laughs> that PICO is just as important as one of your kids?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, well, no, I would not be. I mean, I think my kids would be much more important, but I think from an obligatory standpoint, if I, you know, my kids are there and I'm obligated to them, I'm obligated to their survival, Um, clothing them, feeding them, taking care of them, all of that. In that sense... If I take on a pet, then I'm obligated to that pet. In that sense, then yes, I would think that they are as equal to because I owe it to that pet to take care of them in every way possible to make sure that they've got good food, you know, proper being properly taken care of, make sure they're protected in any way and, you know, making sure they're groomed well, which is dressing well. Outside of that, you know, because my kids and I can communicate versus the communication with my pet, I would think that that's sort of a different direction. But in in a certain category, yes, they would. Overall, not as much.
1: So if there was a, your children and your pet was in a burning building, you would run in after the kids before the pet?
2: Honestly, yes. I'd have to say yes, I would.
1: Well, I'm going to have to have a talk with Pico here.
2: (laughs) I would imagine Pico would be finding his way out faster than my kids, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) He might be even a little more intuitive and smarter than my kids, if that were the case.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Interestingly enough, it goes on to say... You know, that one in 10 people said that their pets are more important than their children. And, and I, uh, gosh, I, I guess I don't even know what to say to that. Does that mean you think that means those people probably just are a little estranged from their kids and maybe the kids are all gone? And why would you feel closer to your pet than your child?
2: I think, you know, again, if we categorize it from the standpoint of just physically taking care of them and protecting them, if that's one bucket, I can't see that that is any different. However, communication with your kids and communication with your pet, I could see that being totally polar opposite, where Your kids will back talk to you. Your kids will disrespect you. Your kids will not pick up their stuff and take care of their stuff. Uh, Your your pet may not do the same thing. However, when it comes to a communication side, the pet will show you more affection, will be more loving, will be better, more positive response than what your kids would be. So I can see where people might think that would be, a spot for them to feel more closer to their pet than their kids.
1: Mm, Interesting. Here's another interesting statistic from this study. 47.6% of American pet owners admitted to calling their animals, their fur babies. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dewey, the world wants to know, have you ever referred to Pico as your fur baby?
2: Never. <laughs> I have never uh, done that to any of my animals. And I grew up on a farm and ranch. And so not only did I, we have dogs and cats as pets, we had cows, we had horses as pets, we had chickens, we had, you know, goats, and we had many different animals. And I can honestly say, out of all of those, I have never used that verbiage on any of them.
1: <laughs> no, you think that's because it was a farm and ranch and it's a little more of a lifestyle that's used to animals, you know, working for you rather than being part of a family?
2: It could be, yes. But, you know, at the same time, I think where a lot of this kind of comes from is in in my opinion, and you obviously are gonna have different thought of this and so will everyone else, but in my opinion, a lot of people have this this um communication to their pet that is I don't know how to what to call it specifically, I'm sure there's a term for it, but when when you're talking to your pet and you're basically talking back to yourself as if your pet's talking to you, <laughs> like there's some sort of real communication going on there and there's sort of a different connectivity to your pet as opposed to your live children or your live the live people around you because for the most part the the animal that you have is reliant on you more so than the people around you and they have more of a choice to say no I don't want that or yes I do however Having said that, I would also say that I I have seen, you know, pets not eat their food, you know, which could happen with your children. I could see pets, you know, not liking what you uh, the way that you dress them in trying to pull it all off or not like the kind of games that you're playing and not participate. So. I think I think for the most part, the people that are making this study, it depends on how the study was taken what sample sizes were taken, and you know who specifically they're talking to. Um, and this report could be skewed in that direction. But I think overall, from a psychological standpoint, I think the connectivity that we often have with our pets is is not, because of the nonverbal piece of it, you kind of are thinking that your pet is loving you and the pet may be trying to tell you something different and we just don't know it.
1: Well, unless you listen to Cat Talk Radio and you've and you've studied cat body language and communication, then then you know what your cat's saying.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, how do I get to that channel again? How do I listen to that channel?
1: <laughs> well, this um this particular study, you know, there aren't a lot of studies done on on cats. And the reason is because there's a whole lot more money spent on dogs than on cats. And so there's very few companies that fund research like this. So, you know, a lot of the, the manufacturers and things, um, you know, will fund research. This particular study, this is gonna give you a hint of who funded this study says that those who call their animals fur babies are more likely to have their pet insured oh, wow. like medical insurance sure isn't that interesting so yeah. this study was was funded by obviously a pet insurance company which i think is an offshoot of of You know human health insurance companies and that's interesting you know i have never owned pet insurance have you
2: no (laughs) no i have not i would i i think i would have bought the bridge to nowhere first before i bought pet insurance
1: sure glad we don't have a guest on our show trying to sell pet insurance after that statement. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Not to say that it's not vital. I, I would, I'm not discounting what they do and what they offer and how they offer it. It's just a personal choice of mine. So, you know, I, I, I love the pet and I, I would, I could see where, you know, especially with medical prices and the price of going to a vet is so expensive. Um, Having an insurance for that might be viable uh, for you, but you know, personally, I I just wouldn't do it.
1: Yeah, like I said, I've never never done it, but you know, being a cat owner, you know, less than 50% of people even take their cats to the vet.
2: Yeah, so. you know, I would be the same way. I mean, I would more listen to your program or, you know, find some sort of advice from someone on the Internet as opposed to trying to run to the vet every time that there's something going on, because I could see, you know, some if the cat's, you know, ha- hacking up a furball, somebody might interpret that as being sick and having stomach problems and all that when it's when it's probably more of a natural occurrence. So, you know, it depends on the individual.
1: Yeah, um, and to answer your question on how large this study was, it was over a thousand people in, a uh, thousand Australians, a thousand Canadians and over a thousand Americans. And this was uh, just done in, in January of this year. So um, that that's pretty good, pretty good yeah. cross section, I think.
2: It it is. I mean, and again, it just depends on where, uh, what that sample size, what that thousand looks like in each one of those areas, who are they asking the questions to and so forth and so on. Because, you know, it obviously depends on who picks up the phone and answers the question.
1: Yeah. And here's interesting, another piece of information that's on this study that American pet owners spend the most on pet insurance at $262 a month on average. Oh. That's a lot.
2: That is a lot.
1: I'm oh, no sorry, that's that's uh, Australian dollars, so it's 177 US dollars a month, equivalent to $2124 a year. That's that's a lot. I mean, I don't think now, you know, towards the end of a cat's lifespan of course there's usually some just like us you know some diseases that take hold whether it's diabetes or thyroidism or you know lord knows what heart disease stuff like that where you know you're spending thousands of dollars but i i can't imagine i haven't done the math on it but uh you know two thousand dollars a year let's say your cat lives to be you know 16 then you know that's that's a lot of money over the lifespan right that's i mean that's spending $32,000 in its life on insurance and i just don't think that you're going to spend that much on medical bills over the lifespan of a of a cat
2: i would not think so either but there are people out there that want that assurance that if they did and it was something you know catastrophe kind of thing that happens to your cat and you've got that insurance it sure helps keep your pet alive if it's if if it's go has to go to the the hospital and it requires something pretty serious then you kind of got insurance for it
1: yeah and They're i are see about how it works but about 24 percent of pet owners that, that they surveyed um had pet insurance. Seventy-six percent didn't. And I'm assuming most of those again are are dog owners that, you know, that that take their pets to the vet more frequently than cat owners do. I mean, you know, we should take our cats to the vet just like ourselves annually for annual exams and it, and it's hard because it's stressful on a cat to leave a home. Cat's a territory creature. So that's uh that's interesting. But yeah, I I I was kind of shocked by this that so many people really said that their pets were more important than their own children or other loved ones. I'm I, I'm 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 shocked of of the numbers here. I
2: you know I have to say that if I, and and I don't think we ever did it back then, probably wasn't as, as readily available, but if I was on a farm and ranch like we were back growing up and, and I, we had to vet out constantly for horses and we had to vet out for cattle. If there were some sort of insurance that was vet related that we could, you know, buy ahead of time, you know, and you had animals that were out there that super expensive, then I would say, you know, yeah. would I consider it at that time, I probably would. And and if, I, if, if smaller animal owners kind of had that same kind of mentality, then I could see where they, they may want to have that insurance. But again, I'm like you, I just personally wouldn't do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They just, I uh, haven't done it. And, um, Thankfully, we, you know, we, of course, currently we have a young cat, but he's not going to be young forever. And I know that as he ages, you know, and his annual exams and dental cleanings, we're not necessarily doing dental every year, but when we need them, which will be probably every other year or third year. So certainly those are expensive. And I have no idea if pet insurance covers dental, like, you know, like people insurance, but interesting concept. I just find it Fascinating that you know, 55% of people say that, um, you know, the their pet is just as important as their children. I'm really glad to hear that. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, in my case, my pet is my child since I didn't have any. at relevant importance or not with other people is an interesting thought. But I, uh, I'll be curious to to know what our listeners say. So if you're tuning in, chime in on our social media post of this, and I'll also post the link to this uh, this study so that you can see where this information came from. It's it's interesting, and um, and let us know. Would would you be one of those people that say? that you feel like your pet is just as important as your children? Or would you be one in 10 that says your pet is more important than your children? Or do you fall in the other category and don't think your pet is as important as your children? Let us know, I'm very, very interested to hear. And um, that's all I have on this study, so you know, while you're out there on social media posting your answer to this question, like us. Whether you're interacting with us on Facebook or Instagram, um, please like us and follow us and and interact with our posts. It it does help us know that you're listening because sometimes we feel like we're just talking into the void. And you can also <laughs> go. <laughs> you can also go to our store at catbehaviorsolutions.org. It's called the Behavior Boutique and do some shopping for your cat. There's all kinds of interesting things there. There is not health insurance, however, but there are some interesting toys and stuff like that that your cat would love for you to get treats, those yummy Vitacraft treats. And you know, this is an all-volunteer gig that we're doing. So while you're in that store, scroll on down and find a donation amount that suits your lifestyle and give us a little tip for being such great hosts and hostesses for Cat Talk Radio. And until next time, keep calm and purr on.
0: Yes. Goodbye, everybody. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. And pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now... Go make a connection with your feline friend.